We're going back to the start of our beliefs, of, of our spirituality, those, those places that initiated our faith journey, initiated our discovery of who God is and what God wants uh, for our life. We said last week that faith and, and the spiritual journey sometimes is like a corn maze in that once you get into it, once you get down the road a little bit, uh, it can get confusing. It can get disorienting. You, you, you can know that you started in the right place, but then you're not sure if you go right or if you go left or you go straight or if you've been here before. It's the, the nature of, of corn mazes. And in and, and our spiritual life, the same thing happens. We get into it and we have some questions maybe that we didn't think of at the beginning. Uh, maybe we entered uh, just full of faith and believing in God, and that's wonderful. That's where all of our, our spiritual paths begin. And yet, once we get into it, we realize, you know, I never thought about this. I never asked this question. I never, I never looked at it this way. And so it can be helpful, and, and what this series is about is it can be helpful to kind of back up to where we started. And ask, what were the things that I was really, really sure of? What did I know? What, what was I confident in when I started this spiritual journey? Uh, good questions can be very helpful. Sometimes we shy away from good questions when good questions can propel us to better answers. So sometimes we get to a place in our spiritual life where easy answers aren't enough anymore, right? Or sometimes we call them Sunday school answers. Uh, sometimes Sunday school answers just aren't enough anymore. They, they, they were fine for a little while, but we have deeper, more probing and, uh, questions now. And by the way, I will say, in defense of Sunday school answers, some Sunday school answers are Sunday school answers because they're right. They, they really are just simply right, and that's how they became Sunday School Answers. But when we, when we say the phrase Sunday School Answers, what, what we often mean are just easy responses to really hard questions. So, sometimes even trite responses to really complex questions. We face those in our life, and when that happens, it can be helpful to go back to, be, to the beginning, to back to the start. Because as I said, at the start, you know you're on the right path. You don't know everything that's ahead or what you're going to come to in the future. But you know at the beginning, I was on the right path. Let me go back and remind myself why I started this to begin with. Last week, we started at the very, very beginning, which is why do we believe there's even a God? Where, where does that come from? Why, why do we, what evidence is there that there is actually a God? Today, I want to talk about this word faith. What does it mean? Um, what, what are the different variations of this word Faith, because it has a number of meanings in the Bible. When you read through the Bible, just that word faith, it has a number of meanings or at least a number of connotations, circumstances that we use that word. For example, sometimes when we use the word faith, we're talking about just our entire overall belief system. You know, what our faith is, what, what our religion is. Sometimes people will pose that question as, what faith are you? What faith are you? And what they mean is, what religion are you? 
And I don't mean that in a negative way at all. That's just how we use the word sometimes. The Bible even uses the word that way sometimes. The Bible uses the word faith occasionally to refer to your overall belief system. Jude, verse 3. Jude only has one chapter. So Jude, verse 3, Jude writes, Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share... I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. I'm writing for you to contend for the faith. Fight for those things that you believe in. Some false teachers had come in and people were beginning to believe things that weren't true about God and about, uh, about his word and about the spiritual life. And, and, and the author here steps in and says, no, I need you to hold tight to those things that you believe. Don't give them away. Don't give up on what is true and what God has told you and what God has shown you and what, God, what you have experienced in God. Don't let it slip away from you. I need you to contend for the faith. Fight for the faith. Not fight against other people, but within ourselves, when we have those battles and those questions, to really determine, I'm going to hold on to my faith. We may not have all of our answers yet, but I'm going to fight for, I'm going to contend for, the faith and in that sense the faith means our overall belief system the whole thing everything that you've committed to God fight for that don't let somebody take it away don't let someone cause you to question and walk away from the things of God keep fighting contending for the faith other times this word faith is used to talk about that very essential component of salvation. Uh, Paul does this in Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. He writes, We know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because the works of the law... No, uh, by the works of the law, no one will be justified. Paul just hammers. He does this in other places. Our salvation, our connection to Christ, our relationship with Christ is not based on what we do, our works, or how good we are, how many good deeds we do. It's just based on, do you believe that Christ is God's Son who died and rose again for the forgiveness of your sin? That faith component is essential to salvation. We don't come into relationship with Christ without that, con that conviction, that belief, that trust that Christ is who he said he was. Ephesians 2 reminds us, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith. It's God's grace to us, and we claim that grace by believing it, that it is true. I can't earn it. I can't get to it. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. It's not from us, about us. We don't work to gain salvation. It is God's gift to us. We just believe it. So there, there's this very essential part of salvation that revol revolves around this concept of faith. But then Paul uses it in this way in 2 Corinthians. Paul writes, For we live by faith, not by sight. We live. Some translations say we walk by faith. It means the same thing. 
Our lives are about faith if we're going to be pleasing to God. We live by faith, not just at the moment of salvation, and, and not just as a way to describe our overall belief system, but every single day is a walk of trust in Jesus, believing in Jesus, believing that he's who he said he was, believing that he will do the things he promised to do. We walk, we live by faith. Now, faith in a general sense, let's talk about it in a general sense for just a minute. Faith simply means to believe in or trust in something. We put faith in a lot of different things and a lot of different people, and it simply means to, to trust something, to trust someone, to believe in someone or something. You have faith in the chair that you're sitting in this morning, don't you? You sat down in, not just chairs in general, the specific one that you sat in this morning, you believe that chair will hold you up. Chairs don't always hold people up, do they? Sometimes chairs are broken, but you had enough confidence, you had enough belief that you sat in the chair this morning and you're confident that it's going to hold you up, although you may be a little bit worried about it now that I have drawn that to your attention. When you leave the building this afternoon, you're going to have faith, you're going to trust, believe that oncoming traffic is going to stay in their lane. Right? You're going to believe that. You're going to trust. Multiple people are shaking their heads no. Yeah, and, and I'm totally on board. You need to be careful how much you trust. You need to be, because people be crazy, right? And people, people don't pay attention when they're driving. But in a general sense, there is no physical law that keeps a car coming towards you from swerving in your lane and crashing into you. It does happen sometimes. But from day to day, we operate with this sense of trust that I'm going to stay in my lane and you're going to stay in your lane, even though sometimes we're going to pass each other at high rates of speed, only a few feet or a few yards apart from one another. But our experience has taught us it will work. This will work. I can trust that they're going to stay on their side and I'm going to stay on my side. This is, this is, in a general sense, how faith works and how we engage and implement faith all the time in our life. We trust things. We trust people. What about dialing in more specifically to spiritual faith and what that looks like? Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. 1 Corinthians 13, it, Paul gives the clearest definition of love. And whenever we're looking to define love, we always go to 1 Corinthians 13. Hebrews 11, 1 and 2 is the, the, the clearest definition that the Bible gives of faith and, and the definition definition is it is the confident it is the trust of what we hope for we we may not see it yet we not may not be able to explain it yet but we have confidence in what we hope for and we have assurance about what we do not see and then he goes on to say this is what the ancients were commended for like, this was the key element that God looks for in people. The rest of chapter 11 
It's just a list of people who had faith and what happened to them. This person had faith. Right? The, the Bible frequently, frequently records the faith of the people. Down in verse 6, the, the writer of Hebrews takes it a step further and says, it's impossible to please God without faith. Like If you don't have this component, if you don't have this ability to trust God, to believe in God and His plan and His work, even when you question, even when you don't see everything, it is impossible to be pleasing to God apart from this. Jesus often commented on the faith levels of people. Jesus, more, more often than not, looked at His own disciples and other followers and said, you don't have much faith. You have little faith, Jesus. And often he was questioning them. He would say, why? Why don't you believe more? Why don't you trust more? Oh, ye of little faith. And then there's a time or two that Jesus steps back and says, I can't believe how much faith you have. You have an amazing amount of faith. When Jesus was here, he noticed the degree to which people trusted and, and believe, which, which tells us our faith, your faith, our faith, it can grow and it can shrink. It can be great and it can be small. And it may not always stay the same. If you're here this morning and, you, and you're in a place where you don't feel like you have much of it, uh, life circumstances have done that to you, uh, questions that have been rolling around in your head have done that to you, things that you see your experiences, uh, things, that, things that you see in the news have caused you to start questioning. You feel like you're losing faith. Here's the encouragement. You can have more. You can get more. You, you don't have to stay in a place of little faith. It's possible for your faith to grow from where it is right now. Now, the most important part of faith, cover this now, the most important part of faith is this concept. The strength and value of our faith is dependent upon the object of our faith and not as dependent on the amount of our faith. The, the strength and value of anyone's faith is directly tied to the object of their faith, what they have put their faith in, what they are believing in, the object of my faith determines the strength of my faith more so than the amount of my own faith right if if you have faith in the falcons i'm sorry for you <laughs> your faith is wasted and don't tell me they're contending for first place in the dumpster fire division that they find themselves in Okay, if you have confidence in the falcons, man, you need to re-examine the object of your faith because the object of your faith is not very strong. Look, it is the object that matters. Sometimes we think to ourselves, I just need to believe more. Right? We, we get into this, I, I got to have more faith, and, and, and maybe my faith does need to grow, but sometimes we think, if I believe enough, then this will happen. But, but faith is never about me getting enough to make something happen. Faith is about me trusting the one who makes all things happen. 
Faith is about me trusting. Whether it happens or doesn't happen, it's about me trusting in the eternal, unchanging, powerful God of this universe. It's where I put my faith. Look, I, I'm all for believing in yourself. Like, I'm not knocking that idea. I'm all for confidence. You know, she believed she could, so she could. I'm down with all of that. All of that has its place. But the amount of belief is secondary to the object of my belief. Is it believable? Is, is my object trustworthy? Right? I can believe all day that I'm going to play in the NBA. It is never going to happen. It doesn't matter how much I believe in me. It doesn't matter how much faith I have. It doesn't matter how much confidence I have. I'm going to make this happen. No, it is never ever happening and it doesn't matter how much I believe that it's going to happen I can really believe some things sometimes in the wrong things I can be delusional sometimes right you can be delusional sometimes sometimes we believe we put confidence in objects that we should not be confident in and that determines the quality of of our faith. When we put our faith, big or small, right, full of confidence or full of questions, when we put our faith in an unchanging, all-powerful God, then our faith can grow because the object of our faith is worthy of our faith. We may not see everything. We may not understand everything. We may not have all of our questions answered right now, but he sees what we don't see. He understands what we don't understand. And he is worthy of our complete trust. When I, when I was a kid, uh, we would go to the beach. We lived in South Georgia, so we'd go to uh, usually East Coast Florida beaches, usually the Daytona Beach area. And when I was a little kid... I can remember, I have images from my childhood of towering waves at Daytona Beach. Ta humongous. Like I'm five, I'm four, I'm waiting out there. And, and in my mind, the waves at Daytona look like those surf competitions in Hawaii. Right? That's what I, as a child, I remember those waves at Daytona Beach. There have never been those waves at Daytona Beach ever but when you're four and you're walking into the waves everything is bigger than you you're looking up at everything and the only reason i would walk into those waves is not because i believed i could handle the waves it's because i was holding on to my dad and I believed that my dad could get us through the breaks in the waves and through past the current out to where things were going to get better. I believed that my dad could get me where I needed to go, even though I, I couldn't do it on my own. But, but, but my dad, the waves didn't look big to him. Right? He had a different perspective than I did. He saw things from a different perspective. My dad was 6'1", uh, by the way, and the jokes aren't funny. So don't, don't I, I don't want to hear him after the service. My dad was 6'1". His brother was 6'1". I'm not 6'1". My dad, as he's walking in, he's not the four-year-old looking up at what's about to crash over me. He's the 6'1", looking down, going, yeah, we can get past this. 
My confidence was not in that I could handle it because I couldn't handle it. My confidence was my dad's here and my dad is stronger than I am. My dad knows how to maneuver through this. My dad sees this situation from a completely different perspective than I see it. And this is the picture of walking by faith with God. It's that you and I are going to wade into life's waters sometimes. And the waves are going to be bigger than us. They are. They are going to be capable of taking us out. Which is why our faith shouldn't be in us. Our faith shouldn't be in our abilities. Our faith should be in the one that we're holding on to to get us through this time. You, we may not understand this time. We, we, we may not know the answers to all of our questions through this time, but we're walking with someone who knows and sees and is able. And until I get to the other side, until I get some things figured out, until I wade through this water, I'm just going to hold on to him. The object of my faith is what gives credibility to my faith. Let me give you something else to think about as it relates to faith. Let me kind of, this is going to take a minute. Let me kind of get to the end of this explanation before you decide if you like it or not. Here we go. Faith is what we put in the gap when we don't yet fully understand until we understand better. One of the roles of faith is that faith is what we put in the gap when we don't yet fully understand until we understand better. We face questions, good questions. We, we face tragedies, difficulties, disappointments, and we have to do something with that. If there's a period, you, you're like me, the, the really good questions don't get answered in five minutes. The, the really life deep, hard questions you don't ask them and go oh that's the answer it is typically a journey of walking a while with a set of questions i don't have answers to a set of emotions i don't know what to do with a, a, a set of um experiences that i can't explain circumstances that i can't get to the bottom of questions i don't have answers to and while we're walking there's this gap between what I'm asking and the answer I want to get, what I'm experiencing and what I can understand and explain. Faith, one of the roles of faith, I think, is it goes in that gap. I don't understand this yet, and there may be a time that I understand it better. Until that time... I'm going to trust the God that got me this far. There's a set of circumstances in my life. I don't like them. I don't understand them. I can't explain them. But until I can understand them better, I'm going to continue to trust the God that brought me this far. Now, we'll come back to that in just a second. Let me talk about faith from the perspective of what it is not. It can be helpful sometimes defining a, a, a word or a topic by saying, okay, it's not this. So let me talk about that, and we'll come back to this conversation I just started. Here's an example. Faith is not the way we shut down questions, right? This should be obvious by now. Faith is not the way we shut down 
questions for some of us, especially those of us who grew up in the church, well-meaning church, uh, well-meaning spiritual role models. But for some of us, every question we ever asked was always met with the same answer. You just got to have faith. You ever get that answer? Every time we ask a question, it was always met with the answer, you just have to have faith. And whenever you proposed what seemed like a reasonable question, a good question, and, and whether someone would judge it reasonable or not, it was a real question to you. And the response was consistently you just have to have faith. That was not very satisfying. Now, we're going to say, we're, we're talking about the gaps. Yes, there are some things that we're not fully going to know in this life. Right? We've we got to say that. There are some things about God and the way He works. There are questions that I can come up with that I'm not going to fully get to the answer in this life, we have to acknowledge that, that if there is a God, and we believe there is, if He's all powerful and He created everything and He created me and He's eternally existed and He's one God and three people, the Trinity, right? If, if that God exists, then I have to believe there are going to be characteristics about Him that my brain can't handle in this life. Like there's going to be a limit to what I can figure out about God at the same time. To perpetually give the answer to really good questions, you just have to have faith, is not very satisfying. And I would say it is an illegitimate use of the word faith. It is asking people to ignore their brains and their reasons and their really good questions and just substituting the spiritual word for it. So faith... It is not a way to shut down good questions. Number two, faith is not the absence of evidence nor the rejection of evidence. Faith is not looking at clear evidence and saying, well, that can't be true because this. Well, I reject that because of this. And in this sense, what we're talking about in spiritual faith, we're not talking about a blind faith. We're not asking you to throw away all sense of reason in order to engage faith. There is, there is evidence to believe. We talked about some last week. We talked about God. There are reasons to believe this world did not come to be, this universe did not come to be all on its own, spontaneously, out of nothing. There, there are reasons to believe that there is a God, that there are reasons to Believe that Jesus lived at a specific time, that he was crucified by the Romans. There are, there's historical evidence. There are, at times, archaeological evidence of the writings of the Bible and the testimony uh, of the New Testament. So faith is not getting rid of my ability to think. Faith is not having to reject obvious evidence in a certain direction look god isn't afraid of evidence god isn't afraid of truth god isn't afraid you're going to find out something and that's going to ruin your faith like he's he wants us to explore he wants us 
to pursue what is true and what is real. So faith is not the absence of evidence, not, not getting rid of uh, our ability to think. And, and one more example, faith is not opposed to reason. It's not opposed to thinking intelligent, intelligently. Now, I, I'm, I'm always conflicted. I'm always conflicted by the phrase faith over fear and the way that it gets used. Right? Faith over fear. And I believe we should have faith over fear in that we should be courageous in our spiritual life. We should be bold in our spiritual life. We should have absolute trust in the things of God. In that sense, yes, faith is what gives me courage in spite of my fears sometimes, in spite of challenging moments sometimes, at the same time, I am not afraid of city buses. I'm just not going to step in front of one and see what happens. That would be foolish. I'm a person of faith. I believe God. I'm not afraid of anything. I'm going to step in front of this bus just to prove to you how much faith I have. Well, you're going to meet God really fast if you do that. There's a level of reason that doesn't counteract our faith, and I think we have to be cautious of that. It's not the opposite of evidence. It's not the opposite of reason. Faith is instead what we put in the gap when we don't understand until we understand better. What we said a minute ago. Faith is what we put in that gap. In this corn maze of spirituality, we come up to some places and we don't understand. And instead of rejecting everything because we found something we don't understand or we can't explain, faith fills that gap for a little while. God, I still trust you. I don't understand the wave. I'm a little afraid of the wave, but I trust you. I'm confident in you until I understand this better if that's what you want for me. In that sense, faith should have a forward momentum to it. It should have a forward momentum to it. I, I come to something I can't explain. I come to something that I'm not sure of, and so I'm going to trust God with it, and I'm also going to seek to understand, because maybe He wants me to understand that. Some things are knowable, some things about our faith are absolutely knowable. We don't have to look at every question and say, well, you just can't know that. You, or you can't know anything about that. Yeah, maybe you can know more than you currently know. Faith, because I trust in God, because I believe in God, when I run up against hard questions, I'm able to say, God, I trust you, and I'm going to keep believing in you while I'm pursuing an answer to this thing that's bugging me. While I'm pursuing an answer to why this had to happen, I trust you. I believe in you. I'm following you. I, I, I put my faith in you while I'm trying to figure that out. And many of us, maybe all of us have had this happen before. <clears throat> you were at one point in your life, you had this, this spiritual concept that you didn't understand. The spiritual concept that bugged you or something from the Bible that bugged you and, and then you talked to a friend about it and they helped you understand it better. You, you read a book, you, you opened the, the Bible and God revealed it to you. You heard a message on it. You went to a small group and they were talking about that thing or just over time the Holy Spirit helped you understand that thing 
better. The thing is, you, you kept holding on to God. You kept believing in God as he progressively revealed to you this thing that you found difficult to understand. Some things are knowable. God wants us to pursue him with our minds, with our thinking. And when I don't know, I have to make the choice that God, I'm going to let faith fill that gap until you show me more about this question. Now, here's the problem with, with the gaps. <clears throat> the two extremes are, for some of us, the gap is just way too big, and we throw everything in that gap. We don't, we don't try to know anything. We don't try to learn any more about God. We don't test our hard questions ever. We just throw everything in the, well, you got to have faith gap. Well, you just got to trust. On the other extreme, there are some of us that make the gap way too small. Some of us think, unless I can understand everything, I can't believe. Unless I can explain everything, I can't believe. And the gap is somewhere between those two. It's somewhere between everything's a mystery and nothing's a mystery. The God, as I said, the, the God who created the universe, there are aspects of his character and nature and the things that he's doing that are always going to be mysterious to us, but that's not everything that he does. God desires for us to know him, and that's where faith steps in and says, God, I trust you until I know more. I trust you. I have faith in you. And then maybe you're going to help me understand that, and, and that's going to make me trust you more. All right? That's part of this faith momentum. I'm just going to believe in you. I'm going to trust in you. And some of you have had that, uh, that experience. Like you believed God, and then God revealed something to you, and that caused you to believe God more. I trust you more. I, I, I have more faith in you. My faith has grown because of this. This faith in God, even when we don't understand, especially in the times we don't understand, if we continue to trust Him, it has this way of propelling us forward in our relationship with God, trusting more, learning more, trusting more, learning more another thought <clears throat> true faith if it is faith true faith motivates us to action faith although we've talked about unanswered questions and, and, and difficult circumstances faith is not just about learning new things knowing new things or even trusting God with information faith to be faith is accompanied by action. If I do believe, even when I have questions, if I do still believe, I'm going to live that belief. I'm going to live in what I do trust God with, what, what I do know, or what I don't know, but I believe that God is capable of handling I'm going to move forward with that information. The rest of Hebrews 11, if you go back and read the rest of it, it's all about what people of faith did. Because they had faith, they did this. Because Abraham had faith, he left his home and pursued another land that he, had, he didn't even know where it was when he left. He did something. Whether you perceive your faith to be big or small, act on it. Step forward in the faith 
that you have faith. This, is, this, this faith concept, it cannot end with discussion and debate. It cannot end with a really good conversation around a table, although that can be helpful. In order for it to actually be faith, in order for it to actually be trust in God, we have to, to live it. This is why Paul says we live by faith. Not, not just we think by faith or, or we debate by faith or, or we have questions about faith. No, we live it. We trust God with the, with the parts that we understand and with the parts that we don't understand. The book right after Hebrews, uh, the book of James, he does the same thing. He says, faith is gonna be evidence in what you do. You're gonna prove that you trust God by how you live by what your deeds are, by what your actions are, that you're actually going to walk in this faith. And so maybe, maybe the question is not, how do I get more faith, but how do I live out the faith I already have? How do I walk in the faith that I already have? And maybe I don't have all of my questions answered. Maybe I don't know everything. Maybe everything doesn't make sense to me, but, but the part that I'm walking in, the part that I really trust God with, I am going to act on that. Whatever's in front of you right now, whatever you're facing, whatever that thing that's, that's causing questions in your life, I get it. They're probably really good questions. And if I were in your shoes, I would probably be, be asking the exact same question question but my encouragement to you is not believe God in a sense that that question doesn't matter though believe God until he gives you more clarity and then when he gives you more clarity you're going to believe him more and as you're believing live like it live it out be a person who moves forward in your faith trust believe have confidence that God is with you, walking with you into the waves, walking with you into your future, walking with you through difficulties and struggles and trials, and you can trust him. And maybe you'll understand it better later, whether you do or not, you can trust him. He's your father. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would help us just to keep walking in faith, to keep living out our faith. Not just talking about it, not, not getting settled in the, well, I have this question that nobody can answer. It's probably a really good question. And maybe somebody could, could answer it better. But, but until that happens, remind us that we can trust you. That's where our spiritual journey started. We all started with just a very, a very simple honest transparent belief that you are who you say you are and Jesus came and died and rose again for us and your spirit is available to us we started with just this very simple I trust I trust and help us not to pull back from that rather help our our, our questions and and even our struggles help them to propel us into deeper faith and deeper faith, and to living out our faith. I pray it in Christ's name. Amen.